T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. All three engines up and burning. 2, 1, 0, and Yeah, Lord, this for you. Uh, I was a mess, little hair on my chest. Fresh as a newborn, but I'm headed for death. Some saying I'm blessed, cause I'm still alive. Every day in the hood, I was fighting to survive. So sin, I quiet as an adolescent. Walking in darkness, spirit facing oppression. You couldn't tell me nothing. Swag was on honey. Speeding in the fast lane, call me crash dummy. Then I put on the helmet of salvation and received the revelation. Yeah, I could be a leader in this nation. And gotta follow the code in the streets and be like the mother creeps. See, I could be a leader. Welcome everybody back to the original Jeep Podcast. We are your host, Rockin' Mr. Magic. Unique DNA. Mighty TP. This is the original Jeep Podcast. And folks, thanks for coming back to another episode of the original Jeep Podcast. Tonight we've got a special guest with me here, Rockin' Mr. Magic. Our man's unique DNA and Mighty TP. Fortunately, couldn't make this episode, but we're really glad to have our special guest, my man Matt. And I can't pronounce his last name, so so uh, I apologize. For <laughs> That's him. okay. Most Cause... people can't. It's warm beer. I know. Like, what's warm beer, right? No one, because I don't know anyone that likes warm beer. So well, I, I, it's a German last name, so I think like a lot of Germans like warm beer, or maybe they'll just drink like whatever beer they can. So. <laughs> oh, I yeah. was, I, I'm glad actually you said that because I was going to say warm beer because that's you know as someone who's pretty good with words, I'm like, yeah, that's what it looks like, but I'm not going to try that one. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten like warm beer, warm blur because I think it's an L. <laughs> warm rear came one time in the mail but that was kind of weird okay warm, warm blur kind of sounds like a half power superhero yeah yeah the warm blur he's like kind of hot but not too hot he's just <laughs> but he's not cold either but he's not cold either <laughs> well uh w- welcome to the podcast uh the original jeep podcast um of yeah. those who know matt he also is a host on the arcade podcast uh, yeah. from game church so we are blessed and welcome uh to have him here tonight uh matt why don't you share a little bit about yourself this is a unique um you know, genre obviously that we fit into those who have yeah. the parts in the sports and the the geek culture. Um, so you can share a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, I have pretty much been in both categories of this jock and geek my entire life. Uh, grew up playing baseball, moved on to play football in high school, and uh, beyond that, like I, I started playing hockey with my friends, and uh, I play in an, an adult hockey league here in town. Uh, really like I can pretty much get behind almost any sport and love it. I, I don't, I know, like, I don't know a lot about basketball. We were talking a little bit of before the show, like I loved it in like that late eighties, early nineties when the The Pistons had, yeah, yeah. When the Pistons had the bad boys, he had Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Rodman and Bill Lambeer and like (laughs) that rivalry with the Bulls. Like I loved that. And then like. The Pistons just kind of uh, they, they, they fell, fell off, off. and yep. yeah, yes. I mean Z- I don't want to say like well yeah. only Zeke blew his Achilles and they were getting older and yeah that was it so I think that's kind of when I like started getting more into football and, and into hockey and like I mean I was playing football so I mean that kind of like 
took my attention and hockey was what I did after school every day with like all of my friends. We just went and played street hockey and eventually got into ice hockey and yeah, and I, it's awesome. But as far as like the geek side, uh, I mean, my grandma bought me my first Nintendo when I was five nice. and like, that's just kind of like, it started there. Okay. Honestly, it started before that. She worked at a game shop. What? Uh, like I know she worked like a video, like a video, like a video store, like a video store rental okay. shop. Yeah. So back then you could rent Nintendos for, you know, a week. Yeah. So she would rent me like this Nintendo and I started playing Zelda and you're never going to be the original Zelda in, you know, five days to a week. No, never. Uh, not at all. Especially so, at that age. <laughs> no way. There is no way. Uh, I think I just kind of wandered around and tried not to die, but that didn't happen. <laughs> but how many people uh, say their grandma worked at a video store? Like that's that's awesome. I I know, I know. It was really great. Uh, so then she eventually bought me the Nintendo, and I mean, I grew up playing with my dad and my sister, and then later with all my friends. And now I'm a a father of five, and we enjoy. I mean, we'll go from, you know, playing a, a game in the living room. Uh, we've recently, like, the arms test punch on the Switch is going on this weekend, so we've been playing okay, that. Okay, cool. And then we'll go out into the driveway, and we'll we'll play hockey in the driveway, just because that's kind of like we're all over the place. No, oh, um, that's what's up. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow, well, thank, thank you for sharing. I, that that's, yeah. that's a, It's really awesome just because <laughs> we, you and I haven't had the chance to exchange, you know, stories. Mine yeah. is very similar. Um, for for those listening who know me, they they know you know their boy Rocket Mister Magic is a big time you know Detroit cat. Um, but people don't know that you're also Michigan native, so we have that correlation. Yep. My mother got me into gaming, even though she gets mad at me for you know being a 35 year old man still still gaming. <laughs> I tell her it's her fault because she's the one. She's the one. Totally who, her fault. It's totally her fault. Well, she, she's the one who bought the Nintendo. You know, for us for Christmas, it was her idea, and she's the one me and my older sister watched playing Mario, and she was better at yep. it than we were. And then, um, as I was older, she, my mother, has always been passionate about Pac-Man. It's like her all-time favorite game. Nice. So um, when I was, I think, seven or eight, maybe nine, uh, she bought an arcade cabinet at an um, at, a, at an auction. Yeah, and still has it. Um, That's they, awesome. She has it in their, their house down in Florida. And I was a little upset that I didn't get it, but she did give me her Star Trek um, 1979 movie um, pinball machine that's in my basement. Whoa. Yeah, that thing is sexy. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and she's a big Trekkie. I'm a, I'm a, um, I, you know, I'm a third generation Trekkie because of her. So I told you, the, nice. you know, the geek stuff, you know, that came from my mom and um, the sports side also from her family. My dad, you know, both two really big sports families and, um, you know, so I came up, you know, in the same time, you know, the bad boys, that's still my all time yeah. favorite squad. And, yep. um, I also played a, a mixture of sports between, you know, baseball was my first love as a sport. Uh, you know, those Detroit Tigers. I remember when I was two years old, my first game at Tiger Stadium, um, when um, I was two years old and, um, Alan Tramon was my baseball my favorite player at that time. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that, uh, that 1986 world series championship for the, for the Tigers and, uh, then I started to get into basketball. Football was ingrained in my family because both sides had big-time players and multiple pro players, so I was always into football. Um, alas, the Lions are terrible, but 
That's, yeah, you know, one of these years. One year, maybe before we die. We'll see, I hope so. We'll see the Lions win a Super Bowl. <laughs> well, um, hopefully, like, if they would, I don't know. I think if they wouldn't have gotten let go of uh, Barry Sanders back in the 90s, I feel like they were kind of like inching towards that. He was so good. They just couldn't put a team behind him. I don't know. He was amazing. I mean, they, we did get that NFC Championship game against Washington, and, uh, you know, that was the closest we've gotten to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Very, but, oh, yeah, it's it's horrible. And I also, I'm also a big hockey fan, um, you know, and I played a little bit myself. So, um, you know, obviously a huge Red Wings fan. I'm a little saddened yeah. that, you know, the first time in 25 years, mm-hmm. our Red Wings are not in the playoffs. Uh, it, it, I mean, they haven't been in the playoffs since, since I was nine. It's the last yeah. time I missed the playoffs, you know, most it was, I'm, like, trying not to think about it. It was, I knew, like, last season I thought it was going to happen, like, where they weren't going to make it, and they just barely yeah, squeaked barely, in. barely, barely squeaked in, yeah. And this year I was like, it's it's going to be really hard. I mean, after, you know, you, you lose all of those Hall of Fame players that they had, and they yeah. lost that dude finally. Yeah. Yep. They, I mean, they have Zetterberg, and they have some young guys, but... That's like that's it. Well, yeah, like, I those... mean, Franz is there, but he's old. And yep. Zetterberg's old. We have no idea we're gonna get out of Osgood. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Yep. Maybe next year. Got to keep hoping. Yeah, we'll we'll start another streak. You know, that's, that's yeah. I hope so. <laughs> awesome. So we have like this you know, amazing correlation, and of course, you know, I have you know five kids as well. So. We just have just you know amazing, that's awesome amazing parallel between you and I and of course the name how, sharing. How old's your oldest and your youngest? No, that's that's where we have some difference. My oldest is twenty one. Okay. And then I have an eighteen year old, and then I have an eight year old and two and twin seven year olds. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and then I have a granddaughter uh, as of October. Wow, awesome! Uh, yeah, that's uh, really my, great. My, you know, the Bills collector thinks that's awesome because you know I gotta feed all these people. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I know that. <laughs> my oldest is nine, so we have a, I have a nine, a seven, a five, a three, and then like a month and a half old. So. Oh wow, month and a half. Yeah. Wow. Well, see, yeah, you got yours in the normal breakdown, and I'm kind of glad I don't have that. Just. Because having them in shifts, I think, <laughs> kind of works yeah. out a little easier. Having that many all around the preteen, teenage years at the same time, that's going to... I'm going to have to pray for you and your wife. To my <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> I've been through that. And I'm like, yeah, oh, Lord. <laughs> well, I, I'm like kind of just trying to like not think about that yet i mean we have a few years but like it's coming and it's gonna come hard yeah it's uh like like a uh i mean, i can't even describe it yeah just it's uh it's something else those teenage years man <laughs> i'll uh, be reaching out to you yes i'll be here <laughs> i understand i'm right with you that's okay that's okay <laughs> All right. So as we, we progress here, the first topic tonight, folks, is one that um, I'm personally very excited about. As a, as I mentioned, I'm a big you know time trekkie, you know third generation trekkie between my mother and my grandmother. So um, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek released the trailer, which uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, they were very surprisingly, in my opinion. Uh, pointing about putting up the the time frame that was ten years before, right. uh, Kirk and Spock and all that, and um, 
it, it looks really interesting. You know, the, the 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 cast looks amazing. I'm a big fan of Michelle Yeoh, and um, I am a, also a big fan of um, Shonda um, Martin Green. I think her last name is. You know, recently played Sasha on the. Oh, no, not Shonda, Shaniqua, Shaniqua Martin Green from The Walking Dead, who played Sasha okay. as uh, as the commander. And apparently, if I'm not mistaken from the trailer, I don't know if you catch it, is she half Vulcan or maybe a third Vulcan? Cause, I think so, yeah. Yeah, and because okay. he, he made that comment that you know, her mouth was too human to speak Vulcan. Right. So that, that, that whole, that was, it was interesting. Her emotional battle seems obviously a whole lot more of a struggle than Spock had. And um, I'm hoping it's probably that human part of like that more human part of her. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I'm I'm hoping maybe she's a distant uh, relative of Tuvok or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Um, I'm sure they'll tie every everyone and everything together in some way. I really didn't know much about Star Trek Discovery. I mean, before I mean the trailer released here not too long ago. Um, I. I really like Star Trek. I, I I would say my wife is probably more into it than I am, but not that I don't like it. She's just kind of like went that route and I went Star Wars route and we kind of like mm. both enjoy each other's like I'm not really gonna pick one over the other, but right. um I think it's something they, they've needed to do. What's the last uh show they've had, the T V show they've had? Uh Enterprise, which was horrible. Yeah, like the the past couple haven't been really that great. They need they need something. And they kind of kept going further and further and further away from the original as far as years go. So I think to go 10 years before, it just was the right step for them, the, the smart one. I, and I hope it is a good show. It, it definitely looks promising. You know, yeah, it does. Voyager had its moments, some good moments, some bad moments. I, yeah. I personally didn't enjoy Enterprise. I watched it because I'm a Trekkie. But right. I, I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, but Discovery definitely seems to have a lot of uh, potential and especially because I'm, I'm not sure of where it is. I'm, I don't know if it's in the prime timeline. It appears to me with the technology and such that it may be in the Kelvin timeline, but yeah. I, it's tough for me to say because it happens before then, so it, it's tough for me to, to figure out what uh, what's going on there, but it looks very intriguing. I'm very excited for this to come out. Um, I just don't know how I'm going to watch it because I really don't feel like paying CBS money you know for for all access because it's going to be exclusive to all access it's not even going to air on oh TV. it is yeah. oh i didn't even know that yeah, it's, what? Not, it's not going to air on tv yeah you're going to have to pay for all access to get to it oh they're they're trying to hook you like they're trying to hook everybody they like mm-hmm. we got this one show that people are going to buy and we're going to get them oh i didn't know that oh, oh yeah no way i read about that uh when they first put out the the title what they were going to call it and I read an article on, I think it was on StarTrek.com, and they're like, yeah, it's going to be in CBS Access, and I'm like, and they're like, oh, they're going to do this because, so they can be a little bit more adult with it, and um, so they can continue to push, you know, um, you know, real life and hard-hitting topics and stuff like that, uh, oh. and I'm like, are you kidding me? You just want my money. Like, don't even act like this is for creative. Oh, you know, don't. <laughs> this is, yeah, I mean, you want my money. <laughs> I bet they probably could have sold some type of rights to Hulu or to maybe Netflix and then still had creative control. I don't know. I feel like they would have a wider audience if they went with one of the other big three. We'll rope Amazon in there, Amazon Prime. But 
Oh, yeah, I, I now I don't know how I'm going to watch it. It's probably going to be like bootlegged online or something like that. That's the only thing I can think of myself. It's like, how am I supposed to make this happen? I, I, I'm like, and plus, I, as someone who's watched Star Trek, and I've been alive for every you know, series except for the original series, they're always it's always been on regular television. It's always been on yeah. network TV. Yep. Like Star Trek has like been a network TV staple. So for it to be all of a sudden on this exclusive side thing where I got to pay money to access, and it's like I'm paying five bucks a month or something like that. I think their service is ten. Like, oh, that's ridiculous. Really? Like, and it's not like they have anything else on CBS I want to watch. I can't even name half their lineup. Like, they're not playing anything I want to watch. I think the last thing they had I wanted to watch was. NCIS, which may even probably still on. I don't even know. I, I gave up after I that. I think that's, yeah, I think that was still on. Well, it's weird because I think CBS is the most watched network. So still? I, I think it is. I, it's, they not, have, it's not ABC? I don't know because I feel like Big Bang Theory like is a top comedy for always, and then they have all the other crime dramas that they hook people in. Oh, uh, you know, I, I forgot about Big, Big Bang Theory. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't believe that's still going on. Neither can I. I, <laughs> I can't either. I, I um, only watched, I think, one episode of that, and I was like, I don't I don't know. Like, I know they're trying to be, like, trying to relate to, like, my nerd side, but, like... It's a trap! I feel like they're more trying to make fun of nerds than anything. I don't know. Have you watched much of that, that I've watched show? probably an entire season, not okay. within the season, like just like an entire season's worth of sporadic episodes. Um, some episodes I liked. Some episodes I'm like, you're, you're trying too hard to appeal right. to us. And sometimes it was like, okay, you're just making fun of us, which which I can, I, I can understand. Everyone should be able to laugh at themselves um, to a certain extent. But I never thought it was all that funny. Um, no. You know, some of the characters, I mean, obviously, they're, they're, it's a sitcom, so characters are over the top, so I wasn't taking it too seriously. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I did. I just didn't dig it that much. It was one, one thing I was having a conversation with uh, some of my friends about it, and, um, you know, he, he one of my friends was like, you know, I, I'm surprised that they haven't had anybody, you know, anybody, you know, black on the show. I said, well, they got their Indian dude, and then they're they're cool with that. Oh, uh, yeah. I said, that's okay. Let's let, let them let them leave it leave it as it is. They've got mm-hmm. their formula. It works for them. People, are, a lot of people like it, and you know, people get to uh, you know have this you know fantasy that you know the the nerd that works at university can get the hot chick from across the hall, um, mm-hmm. you know, which rarely happens, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> let let them have the dream. Yeah, you know, it's they they've had some episodes I thought were just were 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 genius. I mean, they had one episode I think it was about uh, Warcraft, if I'm not mistaken, and the 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 hot waitress across the the hallway got hooked into it too, and you know, she went three days, you know, without seeing light and shower and whatever. (laughs) Um, You know, so they they've had some really clever ones, and some of them were just like, okay, like uh, you're you're being ridiculous now, but. Yeah, it's, I, I can I can see its appeal for for mass because people who don't get the culture or understand, right? They can they, get, they, they, they kind of get it like, hey, I can kind of understand. This is what they do, and it's ha ha, and you know they all live together because you know they can't be with anybody or you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think they just like give you a taste of what that culture is by making fun of it. I I don't know. Yeah, it's it's kind of what the, it's kind of what they do, but uh, I'm I, like you said, I'm kind of surprised it's still on so still strong. Around? You know, it's been a it's been a, I can't even count the seasons. I, I've lost track. Well, they just announced that there's going to be a spinoff of the show from what's the one character's name? Like Shelton? Shelton? Sheldon, oh yeah, Sheldon's yeah his his uh, yeah I saw that Sheldon's uh, gonna... him growing up. Yeah, it's right. just crazy. Well, I guess if it works for them. I, I mean, obviously it is. And NCIS is still going on, and they have that, you know, the Los Angeles spinoff, which I tried watching, and I just couldn't do it. I, mm. I, as much as I love L.O. Cool J, I couldn't take him and whatever his name is, you know, Robin. Um, I forget his name. It's just yeah. Thing. I usually remember every actor's name, but that dude has always been so insignificant to me. Uh, Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Oh, right. Yeah, yes. Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Is like, he's, a, he's probably a really nice dude, but he's like one of the most insignificant actors I've ever like seen. Who like His career is very insignificant. Yeah, he did Robin, and he did, well, that show, and uh, I don't remember anything else he was in ever. Yeah, exactly. And Robin wasn't exactly a breakout role. Like, no, you know, no, it wasn't. You know, he, had, he had to do the Val Kilmer... <laughs> movie and the, and the George Clooney movie. It's like you know, oh, gosh. things you don't want to be attached to. <laughs> yep, yep. So, yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really excited for this. This really looks like it could be uh, a fantastic show, um, a really unique uh, dichotomy with um, you know Michelle Yeoh's captain trying to groom um, her protege, you know, for command. The yep. internal conflict between her being, you know, human, being Vulcan, you know, the uh, emergence of, you know, this uh, conflict with the Klingon Empire, uh, which I think is great because that conflict was so key in the original series um, that focusing on that and making sure that's a part of this show is is also is going to be awesome. I, yeah, I feel like they they took enough time where I think a lot of the other uh, seasons of of like series kind of where almost like all right this one's going to end and now this one's going to start up where i mean it's been several years 10 12 maybe oh, since the last one um what's enterprise yeah i want to say i want to say eight to ten definitely it's been a while yeah so i mean i feel like they've taken enough time where they're hopefully going to do it right here i guess we'll see no, only time will tell only time will tell exactly exactly speaking of time Someone is going to be doing time in Arizona. Oh, yeah. A heavily armed suspect has been arrested due to entering the Phoenix Comic Con and threatening to kill officers and performer Jason David Frank, a.k.a. JDF, a.k.a. the original Green Ranger. What? Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, unfortunately, he has our name. The Phoenix Police arrested 29-year-old Matthew Sterling at the Phoenix Convention Center on Thursday. I, like, I I can't believe anyone would just, like, I don't know. Like, why? First, why would you want to go there and, like, just shoot people? I I don't know. And, And, like... Why Jason David Frank? Like, what has he done? He's like one of the <laughs> nicest celebrities I mean, out yeah, there. He's he's top five, one of the nicest, most friendly, welcoming yeah. celebrities probably ever. I, I I heard about like we have a uh, game church has some missionaries there right now, and I heard about it like sh- just shortly after it happened. Uh, but I hadn't heard about D- Jason David Frank until just you know a little bit ago here. Uh, I just like. 
it's just shocking. It's just shocking, like that he thought he could get away with it. That he would then like he was cocky and he put it online before he did it. Well, yeah, so, like, I mean, he sent a message telling people like the witness told the police that Matthew Sterling sent them a, a Facebook message stating he was going to threaten to shoot officers and was heavily armed. So when the police found Sterling on the second floor, they took control of him as he resisted. Police say that all the weapons Sterling possessed were real and loaded. They included a shotgun, three forty-five caliber handguns, a combat knife, pepper spray, and throwing stars. What the world? He was, was, he, in, was he in cosplay? Uh, apparently he was in cosplay. And because, you know, he must have stopped at uh, the Tower and Destiny, not the Tower and Destiny, but, uh, you know, he must have stopped at Ammunition beforehand because he was also oh, wearing geez. his body armor under oh, his clothes. Oh, gosh. And then, according to court records, Sterling also had a calendar reminder set on his smartphone saying, kill JDF. Like, during that time he was at the convention or just like... Later, a later date. Is he even at the convention? This I didn't see if he was or not. Like, so, JD, was like a, so JDF is at this convention. No, I, I can, I, like I can, I can imagine. You know, this guy's smartphone, this guy's his iPhone. Siri goes, Mister Sterling, uh, just a reminder: at uh, eight p.m., you need to kill JDF. Like, like, oh how, how is that even supposed to work? I'm surprised. Like, JD Siri didn't question him. Like, are you sure that's what you want to put down? Are you sure? You want me to enter oh, this into man. your calendar? Okay. Absolutely. All right, if I'll you do say it. so. If you say so. So JDF is at Phoenix Comic Con, and um, it's one of his favorites, apparently. And he released a statement, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, stating that he, he, he's grateful for the police and, and the job that they did and the witness. But he also stated that uh, he's just grateful and he thanked God that uh, he's okay because he was supposed to be at the Phoenix Comic Con all day. And they reached out to him saying, you know what, um, you don't need to be here till 8. So he showed up at 8. And Sterling was arrested around 4 or 5 o'clock. Um, so he was supposed to be there all day and could have possibly been in harm's way, but being mm-hmm. that they changed the schedule to for his signing until eight, he didn't even arrive until long after Sterling was already in the custody of the police. I like how did he even get in? Like they do checks. Like I've been to several comic conventions, several gaming conventions, and they, I, I realize people are coming in in cosplay, and I realize like. Some of them are bringing in fake guns, but like everything is supposed to be checked and then tagged before they let you in. Like, well, maybe that's uh, you know closer to the east where we are. Maybe that's how they do it because apparently that's not what they do in Phoenix. Everybody in here, are those real? They're not loaded, right? Come on in. Yeah, like we're just gonna take your word for it. Like, come yeah. on, really? And. This is the best part. Unfortunately, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny because the police believe that Matthew Sterling may be mentally disturbed. They oh. say he, in quote, that he stated to the police that he was the Punisher. Hmm. Great. And, and that he can tell the difference between good and bad police officers. And bad Power Rangers. And apparently bad Power Rangers. How dare you, Green Ranger? I saw what you did. You beat up but those I... poor rangers, and Rita had control over you, and you threw them out of that Megazord. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Terrible. Just watch watch the next episode. I'm on their team. 
And then, come on. Come, I, I, yeah, I don't even. I, there's, <gasps> there's, there's no words. And not that. And I mean, obviously, this guy was well armed. So, yeah, uh, you know, JDF would have definitely possibly been in danger. But obviously, this man was well aware of who JDF is and his and his abilities because he didn't dare come unarmed because then he would have gotten destroyed. Oh, absolutely. You know, because if you don't know, folks, JDF is is you should know. See, if you listen to this podcast, we've talked about him. And uh, the UFC match we hope would have happened, but CM Punk is a punk and ducked him. Uh, as JEF is an accomplished MMA fighter as well as a renowned martial artist, so that would not have gone well for. Mr. I think my money, my money would still be on JDF, and even if that guy had the weapons, I don't he, know. He, is... he, he Matt, he brought the throwing stars. He, oh, know. that's right. Oh, <laughs> he brought the throwing stars. I mean, come on. You just never know when you, you're gonna need them. Well, I'm throwing... out of ammo. I'm out of ammo. My sniper. Uh, throwing stars. Did I hit him? <laughs> I want to see this man's like ability and throwing throwing stars. Like, did he think he was going to do anything with them? Um, um, really? <laughs> because, like, of all of his arsenal, the throwing stars are the most difficult weapon to use effectively. Because <laughs> you got the shotgun, that's easy. You've got a rye burst of with, with pellets, the three forty-five caliber handguns. Also easy. A knife you can stab. Pepper spray you aim at the eyes. But the throwing stars takes real skill. And that I'm like, like you you brought all these things that are kind of for sloppy attackers, and then you throw, <laughs> then you bring the one precision weapon in the for throwing JDF. Stuff. Just that for probably for just for, he probably mm-hmm. wrote J on one, D on another, <laughs> F on the other. I'm gonna put all three of these throwing stars in JDF. Like, come We're on, done. Man. That's it. Oh my gosh, man, that is just it's just ridiculous. It's sad. It's ridiculous. It's kind of funny. I'm really glad they caught him before anything really, like, anything bad happened. Well, that's what JDF said. And he also said that um, he asked, he encouraged people to not be downplaying on the fact that they can't bring their gun or their, their weapon into the con this time and to be thankful for hopefully better security measures in the future, mm-hmm. but to keep you on cosplaying. You know, to yeah. just continue to enjoy the fact that uh, you know, what they do and, you know, their hobby and you know, continue to to enjoy part of the culture. He says, you know, he's not going to stop cosplaying. He's going to continue doing it. And he said, maybe next time I'll just, uh, he said, I'll come and see Superman because, you know, he doesn't need weapons. Um, <laughs> That's right. I heard that a lot of, uh, like, a lot of the Jedi cosplay today were bringing, like, in inflatable like balloons like the long like party balloons okay yeah, as lightsabers that's a, good, that's a good substitute or like Color. carrying a sign that says like the empire took my lightsaber something like that <laughs> that's see that's see, that's the creativity that i'm talking about that is well done well yeah. done to them that's awesome i just wish i i wish the uh i kind of wish the um the news out there had a picture of this guy like i, I want to see what this person like looks like like uh, what type of right. Yeah, it's just it's twenty nine year old man. Like this is not a child. This is this is this is a grown man. This is almost thirty yep. year old man. Like ah, uh, I don't know. But ridiculous. Uh, we are we are glad that the people are safe. We are glad JDF is safe, continuing to do the awesome uh, job that he does, being such uh, a an ambassador, you know, for the con for the con, you know, world itself. Because he's probably one of the most um, prevalent you see on the tour uh, between Dragon yep. World, between, you know, the other cons. He is always there, always interacting with his fans. And one thing I love about him is he's affordable. He, like, you, don't, yep. you don't have to pay much to see him. 
and when when Philly Dragon Con was happening, and I wanted to go, so I wanted to see him, and then um, Tennant was there, and so was I think Rose Tyler was going to be not Rose Tyler, um, what's her name? Uh, Tennant was there as well as um, Billy Piper, and okay. I was like, wow, Tennant and Piper, like that's that's going to be rare. That's cool, that's yeah. That's cool. How much is that? And I looked at the price and I said, good God, oh way my, too much. I'm not going to be able to do it. <laughs> no. some of those like some of those people are so expensive i just i couldn't justify getting my picture taken with them yeah not, not for that price it's not, oh. it was, now the only time i paid a price like that was i forget how many years ago it was but it was um it was a convention it was a star trek convention and nimoy and shatner were there and, oh, was, and okay. they had been together at a convention in like 25 years and yeah. i said they're not going to be together in another 25 years because, you know, they were already old. So I was like, you know, this is a, probably the last chance I ever have. The first, the only chance I really have in my life, because it was in Jersey, I believe. It was in yeah. Jersey. that I get to see William Shatner and Leonard Nemo in the same building together in my lifetime. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah, so that's that, awesome. That was worth it. And I got more than just to stand there and take a picture. Well, and they probably made bank, too. That's oh, for yeah, sure. Oh, they, yeah. They, they made tons. They made <laughs> Um, they, 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 were, they were in that back room. They were just tripping hundreds, 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 hundreds. <laughs> it's like Scrooge McDuck back there. They're yeah, like they, they were just women in their money bin, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely, they had, they definitely had Scrooge McDuck in vault back there for sure. Yep. Speaking of money, big money is on this year's NBA Finals and the Golden State Warriors, who Vegas really currently has odds on its 10-point favorites over the oh, Brian really? James and his Cleveland Cavaliers. Hmm, that's kind of surprising. I mean, I don't watch a lot of basketball, but I feel like LeBron is always hot, and he's always, like, I know, like, the Warriors are good, but I feel like LeBron has just kind of been, he's been kind of just keeps plugging away. He doesn't really lose. Well, I can't say that. He's uh, he's, been the, okay. he's been he's been to the finals. This is his seventh straight time. This is be his eighth appearance, and he's currently three and four in his finals appearances. So he's got a losing record, which isn't good. Um the odds, as we can tell, are firmly against him, as you've got uh, two former MVPs on Golden right. State side, and also a couple uh, former All Star, you know, current All Star level players on Golden State's team, and then LeBron has his All Star guys too. But when he doesn't play, they don't win. So, right. and if he plays poorly, they don't win. So he's he has to show up. He's very he's, he's extremely valuable. He's still the best player in the world, in my opinion. But he plays for Cleveland, and as Detroit guy, I can't stand Cleveland. So <laughs> people that know me know I'm never. I, I rooted for LeBron when he's in Miami because it's Miami. Yep. It's not Cleveland. I want. I don't want Cleveland doing anything. So no, never, never, never. No, no Ohio team ever. Exactly. So you know, Cleveland. Sorry. I'm picking Golden State. Uh, even if I thought Golden State didn't have a chance of winning, I'd pick Golden State because uh, I don't desire Cleveland to win anything. <laughs> uh, but speaking objectively, uh, from an objective standpoint, as a fanalist, I have to say that I believe Golden State's the better team. Uh, they have more talent. Their bench is just as deep, which is not that deep, but just as deep as they have in Cleveland. And... I believe that they, I think they want it more. They've been slighted. They, they tried to, they coasted last year with their 73 win um, 
you know, season, having the best mm-hmm. regular season ever in NBA history, and then kind of coasted to the finals. And they weren't healthy either, but they kind of coasted. And I don't think they had the same drive. They weren't as hungry. Uh, I think that's different. Adding Kevin Durant, you know, adds that hunger. And losing last year to the same Cleveland team also adds that hunger. But it's an interesting question I'll pose to you. Um, that uh, ESPN put out, <clears throat> and it's tough because ESPN likes to put out a bunch of weird stuff nowadays. It makes no sense. <laughs> um, yep. And this question kind of made no sense to me either, but they posed the question, does this year's finals project more star power compared to those in the 80s? Uh, I don't... Man, I don't know. I feel like the 80s just had... like I feel like almost every guy... Like I'm just thinking, like the Pistons and the Bulls. Like you knew every player, and they were all like top caliber, game changing players. At least from my eight year old perspective. Uh, so I don't know. It's 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 tough because they have stars. I mean, you've got you've got the yeah, names, you've got LeBron, you've got Steph Curry, you've got Kevin Durant. Those are the those are the big names, right? But and you've got some all stars mixed in there. But star power, period, I just, I, I can't see that. Because um, I think of, because I'm a little bit older than you, I think of the, actually, no, we're about the same age, but I think of the 80s. I think of Magic Johnson. Yeah. I think of Larry Bird. I think of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mm-hmm. I think of James Worthy. I think of Bill Walton. I think of Kevin McHale. I think of Robert Parrish. You didn't say Charles Barkley yet. Well, I didn't say Barkley. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't say Barkley for a reason. I, I said those names because all of them played against each other in the finals. Yeah, yeah. You know, like those were all Lakers and Celtics that played against each other multiple times in the finals of the '80s, and that was a star-studded not just one final but multiple final appearances between those Lakers and Celtics teams. And then you did have the you know the Sixers with. Um, Dr. J and Moses Malone, who won a title, then Barkley got drafted later than that, and you had a young Akeem Olajuwon in the 80s and a young Patrick Ewing, and you had you know just players all over the place uh, that mm-hmm. were fantastic, and obviously our, our beloved Pistons, you know, with uh, Isaiah and Dumars and Rodman and Lambeer and Sally and you know and Vinnie Johnson and. Mm-hmm. Who was probably, in my opinion, had the best nickname in all of basketball history. And the micro- Vinny the Microwave. The microwave. Yep. <laughs> Vinny the Microwave Johnson. I remember a commercial when I was a kid of him putting his shoes in a microwave. Yes. I, like, I remember why? that commercial. That commercial was great. <laughs> that was great television. That was. that. He, he earned his nickname there. Oh, he did. I guess. He sure did. <laughs> And like the, the bad boys to me, and of course, part of this, yes, this is me being a homer, but they had the best nicknames for other players because we had Isaiah Thomas, a.k.a. Zeke, and we had Dennis yep. Robin, who was the worm, and he had yep. John, John Sally, who was the spider, and then we had uh, Vinny, the microwave Johnson. Like we, we, The microwave. We, we, you guys get to be like these cool like bugs and insects. <laughs> I get to be the microwave. <laughs> 
which was it was awesome because you know and, yep. and everybody loved it because everybody understood the fact that he he, he was hot. He get out the bench, yep, he was heat up like lightning, and boom, he was the yep. microwave. It was it was nice. Man. Um, and they don't have they don't have nicknames like that. I mean, everybody's everybody's nickname now is their initials and their number. Like, yep. and that was cool. Like in the late nineties, early two thousands, you know, it was like Kobe Bryant was KB eight, and you know. You know, people, you know, Chris Paul, CP3. But now it's like, really? Like, can we come up with something else? Like, can we get some, some nicknames here? LeBron with King James is cool because it makes sense. And, you know, the biblical aspect and, you know, the throne. Mm-hmm. That, that, that part is cool. Um, but the rest of these guys don't really have that cool of nickname. You know, Michael Jordan was, <laughs> you know, Air Jordan. You know, yeah. Irvin Johnson's magic, you know. Like, people had you know really really cool nicknames and i wonder why that changed i mean what what happened that like suddenly like yeah we're not making up nicknames anymore we're just going to call you by your initials and your number you um, i i can't say i don't know this a, a change in, in what's cool you know a, definitely a shift with culture um I, I don't know because like some people would say probably because you know the, the change especially with the hip hop culture and basketball, but I, I don't know any rappers that call themselves you know by their initials and a number. So I I can't like I mm-hmm. can't say that the hip hop culture itself is where that was derived from. Um, I did notice in the in the late nineties that um, you know magazines like Slam Basketball Magazine and others were starting to assign these you know type of nicknames to to people. Um, or referring or referring to players by just a number, like calling Michael Jordan, calling him twenty three. Um, so, like, I can see kind of where it started from, but it didn't make a lot of sense to me as the years went on because it was just it was plain and it was something you could attribute to anybody. Where before, if you had a nickname, that means something. There was really something special about you. Right. Like, yeah. Players in the past, if they had a nickname, Will Chamberlain, Wilt the Stilt, or they come the you know the Big Dipper, you know Mr. Clutch and Jerry West, uh, like people you know do, you know Doctor you know Julius Irving, the Doctor, like and they, yep. and they gave him that nickname for a reason because they said when he played against you, he operated on you, he just destroyed <clears> you, um, you know, Iceman, you know George Gervin with Iceman, he was just ice cold, no emotion, just dropping forty on you like it's nothing. Yep. Um, you know, Daryl, you know, one of the other great nicknames, and um, I don't know if you remember Daryl Dawkins, a.k.a. Chocolate Thunder. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't know he was called that. Yeah, That's cho- hilarious. Chocolate Thunder. Um, <laughs> That's good. I mean, you know, people had just, you know, Sean Kemp, you know, bore closer to our time as the Rain Man. Gary yep. Payton as the Glove. Vince Carter as Half Man, Half Amazing. Like, there was amazing nicknames and the creativity behind them and then all of a sudden it just changed to yeah nothing initials and in, in a number it was like oh how did we get here from all this creativity based upon somebody's mm-hmm. you know their shtick what made them what made them awesome what separated them from the crowd you know yeah and to just be reduced to to your initials in and a number is just or you can just, yep. or you can just go full run our chest and just change your name to whatever craziness you decide to change your name to, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, like in hockey, people still have nicknames, so I mean, they at least some of the players do. Oh, that's uh, I'm trying true. to think of, I'm trying to think of other sports where you still have nicknames. You know, I can't think of any. I mean, baseball really they don't have nicknames anymore. 
I can't at least if they do, I can't think of a single person yeah. who's that notable that has a nickname. Um you you would think somebody like Bryce Harper or Mike Trout would have some type of cool nickname. Uh, and I'm trying to think of, like if there's any football like there has to be. Well, they should Man. be because football. I mean, that was another bastion of great nicknames. You know, yeah. You know, you know prime time Deion Sanders. I mean, come on. Yeah. The refrigerator. Oh, the refrigerator Perry. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. That was a big dude. <laughs> Yeah, and but I feel like I feel like hockey has kind of kept it going at least a little bit. There. Uh, well, the problem I mean, with hockey is it's, it's so tough because it's hard to market hockey in this country. So outside of Crosby, right now, um, I can't think of any active players who have a nickname that I know of. And Crosby, I, no one likes Crosby. So outside, yeah, it's outside true. Of Pittsburgh, you know, he, people can't stand Crosby. Um, yeah, I mean, you had, like, Mr. Hockey, and you had, like, uh, the Mule, like, for the Red Wings, and... Oh, and we had, you know, we had Dominic Hoshik as the Dominator, that was awesome. Yeah. And obviously, you know, the great one himself at Wayne. Yep. Um, and some players had, had good, uh, had good nicknames. Eddie the Eagle. Belfort. Belfort, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Belfort was a great goalie. Yeah. Trying to, like, look through a list here, like... Maybe they're they're starting to go away, but I feel like there are more still. I don't. Yeah, I, you have like Sid the Kid, but yeah, but no one likes Crosby. Uh, Crosby's whack. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's good. He's good. Uh, I, I mean, I've never denied the man's talent, but I cannot. He's like Duke basketball to me. I'll never yeah. deny good and level of of potential greatness or greatness itself, but it doesn't mean I have to like the guy. I can't stand the guy. Right. Yeah, uh, I used to. I used to be a big like. I Red Wings have always been my first team, and then the Penguins. My family's from Pennsylvania originally. They moved to Michigan just before I was born. Get so like, it was always like Detroit, like sports, and then, and then like Pittsburgh sports, like those two. Wow, it's funny that you mentioned that uh, your family came to Michigan from PA. Because that's just yet another correlation between our personal lives that is mirrored. <laughs> because, except for my, my father's from Michigan, but my mother's family's from Pennsylvania. Yeah, same. And but yours, so yours is from the Pittsburgh area, though. My my mom's in the Philly area. Okay, well they lived like uh, outside of Pittsburgh, more in like the whole Steel City areas. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it was my my grandfather was an architect, so he did a lot of that stuff and they moved them around and they end up in Michigan and that's where my parents met and that's where my parents still are. So, okay. So that's what's yeah. up. Yeah. My, uh, my mother went to Michigan state and okay. then awesome. uh, she stayed in Michigan, you know, got married and, uh, and then there, there I came and then actually when I was seven, we moved from Michigan to Pittsburgh and when I was 14, we moved from Pittsburgh or to the Lehigh Valley, uh, which is about an hour northwest of Philly, which is where I currently still am. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I can't say that just because PA's, you know, PA's for people from PA. I, I'm, PA's pretty wacky. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> That's because you don't live here. <laughs> like you know, like I, I grant, I granted the Lehigh Valley is uh, probably one of the best parts of Pennsylvania. 
Uh, definitely one of the more friendlier parts, and for the most part, I've enjoyed my time in the Lehigh Valley. But Pennsylvania as a whole, um, it's just, yeah, it's not my cup of tea. In Pittsburgh, not my cup of tea. Central PA is so big and country and, and yeah. nothing. And I love Philly because, you know, me and my mom's family from Philly. We would often travel to the area on, on holidays and stuff. So Philly's always been like a second home for me. Uh, I think right. Philly is too cool to be part of PA personally. Um, I think you should just like segregate itself from the rest of the state. Um, that's how Louisville is. I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and that's how Louisville is compared to the rest of Kentucky. It's just kind of like the rest of it is farmlands and wilderness, and then Louisville is just like it's a hip, cool city, lots going on. Right. Lots of like good art scene, lots of good college sports. But oh, yeah, yeah there's exactly. Just... And, then, and then the rest of it's the, the hollas. The next topic comes to us from one of our fans and former guests, um, Brad Reppa, if you, if you recall, Brad Reppa joined us on the original Jeep podcast for our Super Bowl reaction episode, and he posed a question that I think was extremely interesting that I want Matt here to, to take a shot out here with me. The question Brad shared is, what is the long-term effect for sports leagues when even more people cut out cable and network decides that they can't pay huge contracts to sports leagues for rights anymore. What will mm. be the first league to see a decline in revenue from one contract to the next? That's a good question. Um, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and it's just super irritating. It's kind of along the same lines, sort of. Um, like with the NHL playoffs, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll put a couple games from each series on network TV. Like NBC is putting the, the NHL games on. So you, right. you might see a game on a Saturday. You might see a game on a Sunday. But then you get to like game seven just the other day with the Penguins and, and the, the Senators. Senators. Right. It's not – it's like you have to have cable to watch it. Like why would you put a, a sport that you want to grow, and especially a, a game seven, why would you not put that on a – a station that everyone can watch. Right. You think a so, game seven of anything would even draw the the least casual fan just because of the excitement of a game seven. Right. And I, I have friends that have never watched hockey until this year. They're, you know, suddenly Predators fans because they live in Nashville. <laughs> which I mean I, you know Those it's great. Like, I, fans. I do not love the Predators. I, I, I despise the Predators, but I love their excitement because they they finally watch a game. They're like, oh this is like this is super exciting. Like, this is not what I expected hockey to be like at all. So why would you skip out on a game seven that you can show so many more people that can become hooked on, on a sport that you want them to watch and put it on a station that, you know, probably half or less have. Or, I mean, even thinking back if, a couple of years. If they can even find it. Exactly. You know, I have. I don't have cable anymore. I'm, I'm a cord cutter, so... I don't either. Yeah, so, like, for me, last time I remember watching the NHL playoffs on TV, it was still on Versus. Yep. And, you know, I had to go to, like, Channel 90-something to find Versus. And I wasn't going up that high, you know, unless I I knew for sure the game was on. Like, I'm not going to, like, for me, I I watched very couple channels at that time. I mean, it was, I watched ESPN. I watched USA because it still had psych and burn notice and stuff on. And, right. um, and I watched AFC because it had Mad Men because I think that was the only big show they had yep. on at the time. 
And yeah. that was like it. Like I, I watched like five channels total. And I wasn't going up into the 90s to look for verses just for, unless my Red Wings were playing for sure, I wasn't going to try to find it. Uh, yeah. It just, it wasn't worth it. And for hockey, I honestly think hockey has to really take a, a concerted effort if it wants to grow in this country and if it's serious about growing in the United States to make a very concerted effort to go grassroots baseball style. You need to get people interested enough in your minor league sports. You need a lot of minor league teams so that people can be a, afford to go have a reason to root for like a local team and get exposed on an yeah. affordable family level to hockey um, to actually then care about your pro teams. Because I'm, I'm mm. seeing that right now in the Lehigh Valley here. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, AHL affiliate, the which is used to be the Philadelphia Phantoms, is now the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. They play in Allentown here. And I have a lot of friends who've never been to a hockey game. You know, me, I'm from, you know, I'm from Detroit. I'm from Hockey Town. I, I love hockey. Yeah. But that's a rarity. And most of my and most of my friends in the Valley were just, they're just not hockey people. Um, but now that the we have this brand new arena and there's a hockey team there, people have gone because it's an affordable ticket. It's a you know it's a family, you know, friendly yep. event. And now they've discovered a game that they enjoy. They they were they're shocked that they were that they were going to like it. And now they're starting to become Flyers fans because now they've got this affiliate that that's connected to the Flyers. They can see some of the players can move up to the NHL. Yep. And now, yep. they, now they, you know, you would think an hour outside of Philly, you wouldn't have to fight like that for a fan base. But in, in reality, you do because you're you're in Pennsylvania. It's it's a it's a football state. It's true. You know, it, it's, it's a football true. state first, then baseball, and then everything else is like secondary to that. Because even basketball, they only they only have one. You got two major cities and only one pro basketball team in the Sixers, right? And they're terrible. So, <laughs> and they, I mean, they, they haven't been good, you know, since the Allen Iverson days, and before that, you know, the Dr. J days, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're just they're te- they're bad. They're poorly run. So it's football first. Your football is king, and mm-hmm. then you've got you know. You know, below that, everyone's you know, and after baseball, everyone else is fighting for jockeying for position there. And hockey, to me, obviously Pittsburgh is different because they don't have a pro basketball team like Philadelphia does. So all they right. have, all they have are the Steelers, the Pirates, and the Penguins. And the Penguins are probably on even ground. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh fans, the Pens, because you can't see anything, right? Um, <laughs> the the Pens are on even ground with I'm sorry the Bucks because again they can't say anything right uh, because the Pens have had so much success of late you know starting in the 90s with Mario Lemieux yeah. and Yager and continued success now with you know Crosby and Malkin in them uh, they're probably on an even level because the Pirates haven't won anything. Uh, long before I was born, the last time they won yep. something, you know, it's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, they were good in the '90s, you know, with Barry Bonds and you know, yeah, Bobby Bonilla and Doug Drabeck. Mm-hmm. Jim Leland was their manager back then. You know, they had good teams, but they, you know, they still didn't win anything. Yeah. So, but over, but here on the eastern part of PA, you know, where you've got, you know, the, the rabid Eagles fans, you still have a lot of Steelers fans over here um, that uh, migrated. And then you've got you know, your baseball fans between your Phillies fans that two are pretty passionate too, and then the Flyers you know they've been they've been all right but not great, um, and then you've got the Sixers you know starting to, you know, trying to vie for fan base and you know it, having the Phantoms be in this area 
and I just in watching the explosion of of fans reception, um, just it was just amazing. And prior that's to, great. And prior to that, um, and I think one of the reasons why the fly the fandoms came to the Lehigh Valley is because um, we also started a triple A. AAA, um, affiliate here in in Allentown for the for the Phillies called the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, and it's a, okay. it's a ten thousand person stadium, and they and almost I mean they sell out a lot of games even though the team is terrible, um, but it's fun it's you know it's a, you know baseball games are always fun live, uh, yeah. even if your team is terrible baseball games are, are probably the probably well the game is still the the, uh, the country's pastime because it's a family event you can go and enjoy it there's always something going on for the kids and um, it's just it's, it's it's an American thing um, and they they do very well you know ticket sales wise and, and people enjoy the experience there because they know they're there for more of the experience than the actual baseball which is subpar uh, right. to say the least Um so I saw. I think the Phantoms organization saw that formula was working here and said, "You know what? Let's try this, and, and it's working." I think for that to happen for other places, they need that to to grow. They can get people to ha- be able to go uh, go to a game where they can afford to. Because right now, it's it's so hard to afford to go to a pro sporting event. It, it's especially when you've got a family the size that we have. It's yep. it's, it's darn near impossible. It's true. It's really true. To, to afford, like before my little ones were born, I, you know, I took you know my my family, you know, my wife and the two older kids to, to the Philly to see the Sixers and the Pistons play, and we had like I'm talking like nosebleed like like third to second to last <laughs> seats because I scored because I, I scored this family deal where we each got a drink, a hot dog, and four tickets, and I think it cost, I think the package cost a hundred bucks. Maybe. That's not bad at all. This is not bad because yeah. granted, granted, you can barely see the players, but it's it's you're a, there. But you're there. It's a game, and then and you got food included too. I think it was maybe like 125. It was like 100, 125, and then between the drive, obviously down parking, which is of course which I think parking, having to pay to park is ridiculous. But you know they got what you yep. where they can. Uh, between that and parking, I think I spent 150 dollars for uh, a day to Philadelphia for my family. But you can't you can't do that anymore. No. So, you know, yeah. t- tickets you know, tickets each ticket nowadays is fifty bucks and or or more and that's in your nosebleeds and you can't afford to take a large family to a sporting event or a family of four. You're that's you're true. spending three, four, five hundred dollars. Well, I'm not made of money. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like not... <laughs> I, I, I I, but but if I go to a, a minor league, you know I go to a minor league game, I could spend ten bucks a ticket, and yeah. and, and three dollars you know you know per per hot dog and drink combo or whatever. I can afford that, you know. But I, I so for me for hockey to really make an impact, they have to have an affordable product that people can get can be can be vested in, so that they can yeah. then tie that to the main franchise. So. Maybe they can't go the game, but at least you know they're buying the jersey of their favorite player now, and they're closer to being vested. Or maybe it right. becomes a daddy and daughter date, or or, or dad and son date, because <laughs> you can't take the whole family. But at least two of them can go. Yeah, um, that's right. Because you know, God forbid, you spend a thousand dollars on tickets. You know, Oof. yeah. But people do that. I mean, people. I've seen people. Um, 
And I have a, I have a, I have a guy, you know, I, I'm more of an acquaintance and a friend that that does that works uh, for the Phantoms uh, in ticket sales. And he's told me he's talked to people who spend a thousand dollars on Flyers tickets because he used to work for uh, a pro uh, a pro baseball team. I forget which uh, on baseball tickets, you know, for for their kid's birthday. And I'm like, and I'm, nope. like, I'm like, no, <laughs> what? <laughs> I just I only I'm like I can't I can't fathom that I just I just yeah. I can't fathom spending that much money on tickets for for my kids to see. I mean, That's I, crazy. I, just, I can't. I mean, it it have to be. I know it couldn't have to be like. I, I no. I mean, for for what I've seen, people like like um not this year, last season, um you know because Kobe Bryant went through his farewell tour. Mm-hmm. And what the prices that they were charging, even here in Philly, where the Sixers won maybe 15 games all year, the last game the Lakers had with with the Sixers, they were charging like 50 bucks more a ticket because you know Kobe's coming to town. I'm like, these tickets aren't worth water, and and you're charging this much more to to see because Kobe's coming through because it's his farewell tour. And I'm yep. like, bruh, I, <laughs> nobody can afford this. Um, but but people and I, you know I see people in the stands. Hey, you know, um, you know, I, I I sold everything to fly out and, and come watch the Warriors players, the go see LeBron play. And I'm like, what are you gonna do when you get home, or or how are you gonna get home? <laughs> what are you gonna do when they lose? Yeah, what are you gonna do if they lose? Like, <laughs> like come on, like or, or like, I think how if you sold everything and you quit, you like people. I quit my job and I sold a bunch of stuff so I could come see this in my play. Okay, you saw him play. What are you gonna do now? <laughs> okay, you 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 really went there to watch a forty-eight minute basketball game, yeah. And you spent all this money, and I love basketball. And when people say ball is life, they think ball is life. Like basketball is my like I basketball through and through. If it wasn't for my face and my family, ball would truly truly be all in life. <laughs> and I just I couldn't do I can't fathom doing that. And I paid a lot of money to see Michael Jordan in his Wizards run, but I didn't pay nearly that much money that they're shelling out now. And that was Michael Jordan. And that was worth the price yeah. of admission. Yep. I, I just, it, it's, it's just amazing where something like the NHL was going to be my answer as well, just because baseball still, ha- as far as to see decline, because right now they're already declining revenue-wise when it comes to mm-hmm. TV contracts. They can't secure a contract. They used to be on NBC all the time, especially come playoff time. But like you said earlier, they, the NBC kind of picks and chooses a game here or two to broadcast, and and that's it. I, I can't... They're doing it wrong. They're, they're doing it very wrong. And I don't know if it's just because who, who on the NHL side is... Uh, I, I can't. I don't even know what the commissioner's name is. Like they're they're so a low impact league. You never hear anybody talking about them. Um, they they don't have intriguing. They haven't had an intriguing storyline, you know, in forever. Um, you know, you know, as Wings fans, you know, we had those you know those hor- those brutal battles with the Avs. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously the the legacy of the Red Wings being the original six team. Um, you know, just there was there was more um, behind just the game. There was a story being told, and people, you know, people they want that. They, well, you need that. Like everybody's, it's always, and it sounds very you know pro wrestling ish, but every sport sporting event does tell a story of some sort. 
you know, whether it's baseball and it's Yankees, Red Sox, that tells a story. You know, depending upon which side you're on, there's a hero, there's a villain. You know, when, when it's basketball, when it was us, it's the Pistons fans that we, you know, we, we represented the bad boys and the league hated us. And that was okay because we hated all of them back. Um, <laughs> you know, we, and, and, you know, all, we, we had the first team in, in, in basketball history to, to wear the black hat and be proud of it. Like, yeah, sure, we're the bad guys. Okay, come on, boo us, hate us, whatever. We don't care. You know, well, you know, we had the, you know, we had a guy, Lambeer, who would, fans would boo him, and he would egg them on to boo him more, and he, he loved it, he thrived off of it, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, guys like him and Rick Mahorn, like, they, they thrived off of people hating them, you know, that, you know, there was always a storyline, whether it was Magic versus Bird, and the Pistons and the Bulls, or, um, you know, obviously Jordan in, in his twilight years, like there's you know, Kobe and Shaq with the, you know, their beef, could they still win despite the beef? Like there was, yeah. there's always a storyline. Hockey has no storyline right now. Yeah, it's true. Well, and I think you, you think back to like our favorite teams. I mean, it's the bad boys. It's that, you know, the, the Red Wings team when they had the Russian the five. Russian and all five. The, oh my God. Right. Great and I, you look at like the, you know, 80s Tigers, I mean, like they all like they had personality. They had yes. like, there was just like the story about them, and that we look maybe it's nostalgia. I don't know, but I feel like I want to think that there's just like there's more of like, you know, you look back and you you love these teams and you you look at the teams now and you're like, I don't know these players. Who are these guys? Yeah. Like I recognize like two of them. I I kind of know their names, but maybe that's the stage of life that we're in where we just can't like you know, well, I, <laughs> memorize every number and every stat I, and every you I know. I don't even think that's it because. Um, I'm all, for some people, maybe, but I know for myself, it's definitely not it because I, I can still remember the players and I know the players in the current NBA, even though most of them aren't worth remembering. But the NBA currently, even though I I have my problems with it because it's a watered down league and it's you know the rules are weak and you know I think the players are are soft and you know but that's not you know all on them because you know they're the product of their own era. But there's still an intriguing storyline in the NBA right now. Is you know LeBron and you know and the Warriors they have an intriguing storyline. It dominates okay. it dominates the airways for sports. Um, football still has its storylines, obviously with you know with Deflate Gate and you know the Patriots and their comeback and um, the fact that the Patriots are always in the mix and um, you know there's there's mm. always some you know the Cowboys with their run and then. And the Seahawks had their time recently, and they created ways with their storylines. Like there's been intriguing storylines in football. Baseball's having a hard time with that, but having young talent like Bryce Harper and, and Trout are keeping some people um, intrigued enough. And eventually, you know, Harper or Trout, one of them's gonna end up in, in pinstripes for the Yankees um, because they baseball needs that. They need big time players in New York and in Boston. Um, yeah, but. They still have, even though they're not as prevalent um, as the NFL, the NBA are. They still have some small storylines, but hockey, they don't have any. And and sadly, most of their big time players. Part of the problem is they're all, is they're not, you know, they're not Americans. You know, they're either Canadian or they're or they're European. Yeah. Um, so that is hard to sell to the American people as, hey root for this guy he can't you know he barely speaks the language and we can't put him on tv because he can't really speak the language and we can't right. put him in a commercial because he can't really speak the language but hey you know you want to root for him you know they, they have to really have a passion for the game 
to to care that much, you know, about like like Datsuk, for example, fantastic player, love Datsuk, but you know, you listen to him talk. I mean, you know, the guy's English is not that good, but yep. you know, and you try to market that type of player, you know, it's just, it's hard unless you've got a Canadian on your team that's fantastic, like like a Stevie Eisenman or. You know, a, a Lemieux or something like that, or a Kreski yep, or a Messier. True. You you have a hard time selling hockey uh, in your area because you don't have anybody to. It's not marketable, and even if they're really good and and they're Canadian, you still have to make sure that they can connect with people. Because uh, right. I, I can't as. Um, I, I'll give you a great example that I thought was fantastic before the Jets, you know, moved back to Winnipeg and they were still the Thrashers. Um, I was in Atlanta. And I saw a billboard for the Thrashers, and it had players on. And it had their at the time they had the most black players in the league, and they had they had five black players on their team, and they were marketing those players on their billboard, even though I think like three of them were like were like fifth stringers, like fifth, you know, fifth line, like guys who, yeah. who would eke into the fourth line if they were lucky, um, and the other two like got decent playing time, but they were like guys on the third line maybe one of them in the second line like they weren't like they weren't they weren't Wayne Simmons you know they weren't Donald Brashear they weren't guys that you mm-hmm. knew of uh, these were bench players but they under that the, their marketing team understood if we're going to get the the fans in Atlanta in Atlanta I don't know if you know demographically Atlanta is like 40 50 percent black like it, it's is a ton of black folk in Atlanta. If you're yeah. going to get these people to go to hockey games, you need to show them who was playing and give them a reason to. So they started marketing, you know, the black players they had more, and people started showing up to the games. They're like, "Hey, mm. wow, there's some brothers on this team. Okay, let's let's check it out." They, they still weren't that good, but people starting to show. And the NHL has to have more people start to be more creative with that and say, hey, who do we have here that we can market? And obviously you can't, you know, you know, we can't make them the top player in the league just for that purpose. But you've got to find your players that are marketable and they have right. to start pushing them. Um, I, whether whether it's people, I, I, I don't seem to have, I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like the league doesn't really care for um, Evander Kane much. But you know what? The guy's good. He looks good. Um, he could he could be marketable. The Saban brothers could be marketable. Yeah. Um, you know, Seth Jones is a good player. He could be marketable. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of um, what's the kid's name. Uh, I saw. I can't remember his name. They have there's some player. There's some guys on the Kings that that could be pretty marketable. Um, there's there's some players out there if they tapped into them, could make you know a case to. You know, to 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 be a face for hockey because right now the face for hockey in this country is still Wayne Gretzky, and he and he hasn't skated in twenty years. Has oh, it been that long? I, th- I think it is. I think it's been like twenty years since Wayne retired. Like we don't want to oh, think man. that because that means we getting old. But I, I think it's been like twenty years since Wayne has played oh, in the NHL. Gosh, wow. Okay, well, that makes you make me feel a little older. Uh... <laughs> you know, I, 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 it doesn't help me either. Unfortunately, you know, none of us, none of us '80s babies, are unfortunately, get any younger. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think they tried to do something with a few of the Blackhawks players. They had um, 
I mean, there were a few U.S.-born players on that team that actually were pretty good. Uh, is Taves, is he from the so. U.S.? I don't think so. Uh, Kane? Kane is, though. And Kane, I think they tried to bank on him for a while, but then he got he into had the, trouble. He had the, 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 the rape case or whatever. Yeah. 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 So the, I feel like they kind Kane, of yeah. uh, stopped stopped uh, focusing on him as much. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's not football. You know, you can't get away with that. People still like you, unfortunately. Yeah, and I I was thinking uh, we were talking about you know what sport might have some trouble here. I, I was, I don't know if this would happen, but I feel like football has been kind of on the the decline the past couple seasons. I just don't feel like it's nearly as as popular as it has been. You know, the past in some few ways, years. yeah, I I'd agree with you. In some ways, it's, it's definitely declined. Fans aren't. Uh, well, you know what they. They they call the NFL the no fun league for a reason because they just they take away a lot of the the some of the things that fans enjoy players doing player antics that are harmless. Right. I mean players can barely celebrate anymore. Um, you know like when we came up, Deion Sanders was high stepping down. You know the the sideline on a touchdown. You do that, you get you know in sportsmanlike penalty and yep. you know you get a flag. Like I'm like really, um, you know you get a penalty if you dunk the ball in the crossbar. Um, you get a penalty if you have more than one person in your celebration. Um, like, like, come on, like these guys. Like, I, I if a celebration takes five minutes, if a celebration takes an entire minute, okay, that took too long. But yeah. so, so, so what if if a guy scores a touchdown, three of his teammates run around him, they throw the ball in between them, and they all fall down. Like so, what? That looks awesome. It's fun. It's yeah, it's fun. It, it looks good. It looks. And you good. have like FIFA people who are like. The entire stadium erupts, and they're throwing their shirts, and they're yeah, jumping in the crowd, exactly. and like it's fun. Yeah, footballers—they they rip their shirts off, they scream, they pound their chest, they run around the pitch. I don't know how they have the energy to do that. They run around the pitch <laughs> after scoring the goal for like two entire minutes, yelling yeah. and jumping and stuff because you know God knows how hard it is to score a goal, and, right? And, and, you know, in pro soccer, I mean that's insanely hard. Um, so they they deserve to celebrate. I mean, they're, they're you know one. I saw one guy. He he ran into the stands, sat down, and took a selfie <laughs> as a celebration. You know, and I was like, yo, that that was hot. Like I, I can dig that. Like that was a yep. celebration. And you know, then they you know they're, or they're sliding. You know, that uh, penguin sliding on the pitch, and like people love that. Why? Because these guys do all this work, and yes, it's a game, but for them, that's their job. Let yep, them celebrate right. it. Their job is to score points yep. for your entertainment. So if it's for my entertainment, why can I enjoy watching someone entertain me further by celebrating with some type of creativity and, and, and flair and panache? Like right. That that, that resonates for me. Now, was it is it is it uh, bad if they're not being safe? Sure, you know. It, sure, it, it, yeah. it was not safe for To to have a sharpie in his sock. And but football. funny, but, but really great, funny, <laughs> but great television. You know, yeah. You know, was it was it a good idea for Joe Horn to hide his cell phone um, in the in the in the goalpost and pull it out, pretend like he was calling somebody? <gasps> no. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great television, you know. Uh, like, like half of Tio's like most heralded celebrations between him grabbing the pom poms and dancing with the cheerleaders, which was awesome, um, or him grabbing the popcorn when he was in Dallas and dumping it in his helmet, which was great television. Yeah, all yep. that stuff would be penalized. That'd be a fifteen-yard penalty now. Like uh, that didn't uh, hurt anybody, you nope. know. 
now, now him going and spiking the ball middle field. Okay, that's excessive. You deserve sure. you deserve a penalty for that. But yep. all this other stuff, you know, you know, Chad Johnson river dancing, like that was great television. Yeah, you know, or let them play. Let them play. Let them have fun. Let them have fun. You know, like when you take away the fun from the game, then you, you make it a stale product because then everybody's doing the same thing. We we watch. We watch sports not just for the entertainment of the game itself, but for the personalities that mm-hmm. you hype. You can't hype someone's personality and then try to strip them from it when they have to go out and perform. Yep, you know? that's true. And and that and so you know the NFL. I, I think you know they're they're not struggling money wise, but some of the loyalty fan wise, it's like, hey, you know, I would like to see my guys have some fun. I know when I play the game, you know, and I've got football players on both sides of my families uh, who who played, you know, who played pros, who played, you know, D one, like we it's, it's a game, and we and you play the game because you enjoy it, and even when it's your job, you want to be able to enjoy it, and if you can't find ten seconds of of, of fleeting enjoyment after you score a touchdown when you've been yep. grinding out through an entire game. I, I to, to take that away from the players, I think makes is this asinine. It, it, it's senseless. It is, and I think mm. business wise, you suffer from that because I, I, no one no one has a top ten list of the top ten handoffs to the ref after scoring a touchdown. <laughs> there's there's no YouTube That's video true. called that. No one's no one's oh, googling yeah. that. The top ten times that someone you know. Uh, you know, he just, put the ball straight down. Put the ball straight down and and didn't signal for a first down or whatever. Like or the you know, the, the top ten non dances after a sack. Like it, no one, no one, no one, no one cares. Like if people want to see elation. And you know, we we always yep. we always say in our society people don't celebrate successes enough. But when we have our our vices where we try to escape the the monotony of our nine to five daily lives and we try to watch some sports to have a fleeting amount of fantasy as we're a part of a of a bigger unit and joining our fellow fans and watching these yeah. figures on TV. We want to see that elation. And when we don't have it, we might as well be at work. They all they all boring. Stale. It's stale, yeah. it's boring. It's you fall asleep on the couch. Exactly. And they don't need more fans fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> they need. They need. They need fans that are engaged because if they're yep. and, and and buying because they made it impossible. To, again, we said earlier, it's made it impossible to take your family there. So if I'm not engaged on my couch, you've lost me. That's true. I, I think, to be honest, I, I've only I only watched three entire NFL games this past season, which is a record low for me. Mm. I mean, like insanely record low, and only and one of those games was the Super Bowl, and. <laughs> So, I mean, for me to watch only two regular season football games, and it's not because it's my work schedule, it's because, you know what, I, it just wasn't worth watching. And granted, You're I, bored. Well, well, Boring. Granted, all the ones I can watch are on, on the on local non-pay-for-TV are going to be Philadelphia games, which, right. you know, I, the Eagles are not that good. But even with, you know, everybody's got to hack a hacks live stream on Facebook nowadays. They can watch any game I want because the people right. are posting live streams. It just it wasn't worth watching. Yep. And I'm like, you know, I, I will watch some highlights here and there just because, you know, because I am a big fan of the sport. But sure, yeah. You know, why am I going to sit there and invest this time where I'm not going to have 
the uh, the same level of enjoyment. I can get I can get the excitement level um, out of uh, ESPN caster calling this game on some highlights that I can't actually watch in the game. Yep, that's right. And you can get a good nap in. And I, yeah, and I can get a good nap in. So it's like, <laughs> what, what, where's the downside there, NFL? You got, that's you, right. You know, you, you're, you're losing me. That's right. So I, I, I agree with you, you know, about hockey and, and also football's got to be careful on losing money here, and especially football because they don't really have um, an alternative. I'm like, I mean, they obviously they have their, their ticket, their you know, Sunday ticket thing, but um, yeah. that's a cable add-on, and they don't really offer it as a standalone product. Uh, so unless they have uh, an option to start offering a standalone product, uh, to stream the games like uh, like the NBA does, they're they're they could possibly find themselves in a world of hurt. For sure. Awesome. Well, Matt, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah. And, and before before we end, share just a little info about how if anybody wants to have you, you know, join them on a podcast, how they can reach you, as well as how they can find you on the Game Church, you know, podcast on the regular. Uh, yeah, well, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Matt Warmbier. Uh, if you're on, or if you're in Game Church City, we put a podcast on there. Uh, it's released every Wednesday. It's called The Arcade. Uh, you can listen to me there. Uh, it's mostly just me and my antics, and the other two are kind of more the, <laughs> the serious people, but they're funny too. So uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and if you want me on your podcast, anyone else, you know, hook me up. Let me know. I'd love to. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Folks, thank you again for listening to another episode of the Original Cheek Podcast. I am your host, Rockin' Mr. Magic. Next time, we're going to make sure you need DNA and Mighty TP come through. And we are so blessed and honored to have Matt Warmbier on tonight. Thanks always for listening. Until next time, peace.